Let's turn to Luke chapter 4. We're going to do verses 1 through 13 today. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. I'll read these verses and then I'll pray. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and all and, and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. And and on their hands He will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, "It It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this story. We pray that You would teach us this morning. Um, that, you would, that You would show us, once again, how great our Savior is. How great our need for Him is. We pray that You would grow our faith, grow our determination, and our strength um, to follow Jesus. We'll thank You for this. In Christ's name, Amen. Alright, so um, I, uh, one of my new favorite things in, in this world is a, is a white elephant gift exchange. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't care about white elephant gift exchanges because you just go to this gift exchange and, and you get somebody else's garbage that they didn't want, you know, and it's wrapped up pretty and... And I used to hate it, but now I love it because what it does is it opens up this whole world of re-gifting for me. We all get stuff we do not want, right? We get stuff we do not want. Imagine if one of you um, doofuses for Christmas gave me a a Notre Dame hat. What would I do with a Notre Dame hat? I I couldn't wear it in public. No self-respecting person could. So what do I do with this Notre Dame hat? It's white elephant. It's great. Next year, I just rewrap it in different wrapping paper, and I put it in a nice little bag, and I give it to someone else, some other unsuspecting person. Regifting is great. And White Elephant, it, just, it lets you do it. It's great. It's great. I've been thinking about that as I was reading this passage. Because what, what, what temptation really is, when you get down to it, all temptation, it's it's, it's, they're all wrapped up differently. They're all, they all have their own kind of pretty paper on them, and they got this nice little bag. They, they, they all appeal to us in different ways, but once you unwrap them, once you get right down to it, it's the same thing. It's, a, it's, this, it's the same thing. 
You know, you, get, you go to a white elephant gift exchange, you're like, man, I think I, I think I gave that gift to someone last year. I think I've seen that thing before. It's got different wrapping paper, but I think it's the same thing. That's, I've seen that before. That's what temptation is. That's what temptation is. At the very core, every temptation asks us this basic question. Can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? Can we actually trust God? That was, the, that was at the heart of the temptation in the, in the Garden of Eden, wasn't it? The heart of the temptation. Can God really be trusted? That was at the heart of the temptations that Israel faced throughout the Old Testament. Can God be uh, trusted? Can, can God be trusted? Can we trust Him? And that's, the, that's, that's, that's at the core of the temptations that we face every day as well. Every time we are tempted to sin, it's, it's packaged a little differently. It's a little bit different. You know, it's, it's wrapped up a little bit prettier than last time. It, it appeals to us in a different way than the last temptation appeals to us. It's, it's coming at a different side of us. It's coming at a different angle. But the, the, the core question is the same every single time. Can we trust God? Jesus is going to get that question today. In our, in our verses today, Jesus is going to get that question. Satan's going to wrap it up in different ways and present it to him different ways, but it's that, it's that question. Can God be trusted? Adam failed. Israel failed. You and I fail. How will Jesus do? How will Jesus do? Let's, let's look at that today. Let's, let's see how Jesus handled temptation. Let's see how Jesus handled that question. Can God be trusted? Let's, let's see how Jesus responds. So if you're taking notes, first temptation. Satan questions God's provision. First temptation. Satan questions God's provision. Let me read verses 1-4 through again. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, so this is, this is fascinating. This is very difficult for me to try to imagine, right? It's, it's, it's fascinating on, on one level because just last week we saw how God the Father, when Jesus was being baptized, how God the Father, His voice came from heaven. The heavens opened and, and God the Father's voice came down and the Spirit of God descended down upon Jesus and, and, and God publicly declared that Jesus was His beloved Son in whom He is well pleased. God the Father publicly put His stamp of approval on Jesus. This is my Son. This is the Messiah. Here He is. Here is my beloved Son. And then what's the very next thing that happens to Jesus? The Spirit of God leads Him out into the wilderness where He, where he is to fast 
for more than a month. And where he is being tempted by the devil. It's, um, there's a little bit of debate, a little bit of question as to how these, what, what, what these phrases, um, how, they, how they worked, what they mean when it says he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. But how I take this to mean is that he was in the, he was in the wilderness. Actually, the, the, the devil was off and on tempting him for those 40 days. We don't know what those temptations were like, but we know the devil was, was just harassing him for 40 days. And he wasn't, he wasn't eating. God, God had him fasting out there in the wilderness for 40 days, and the devil was tempting him, and then is sort of now we come to the culmination. We come to the, we come to like the, the, the final fight of this particular battle. Satan is going to throw three big temptations at him here. To try to once and for all knock him out. Disqualify him. And the first temptation Satan throws at him is, will God really provide for you? The devil is saying to Jesus, look around, Jesus. Theoretically, you're the beloved Son of God. And what has your wonderful Father done for you? He's brought you out to the wilderness where you have no food. He's left you all alone out here for more than a month. Satan is saying to Jesus, you need to do something about this. You're going to die out here. You've got, you got to take matters into your own hands. You've got to take that stone and, and, and turn it into the bread. Obviously, obviously your father is just kind of you know, letting things play out out here. He's not taking care of you. He's not providing for you. He's not watching over you. You've got to take matters into your own hands, Jesus. That's what Satan is saying. What kind of father does this? Is what Satan is saying. Can God be trusted? I don't think so, Jesus. If you need to take things into your own hands, Jesus wisely and immediately responds, man does not live by bread alone. Man does not live by bread alone. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8 to the devil, which is, which is when Moses was trying to convince the people of God that the manna is not what's keeping you alive. Manna comes and goes. Food comes and goes. The food is not what's keeping you alive. You are being kept alive by the Word of God. Which, which means not, not just Scripture, but, but, but the promise of God. God's determination to be with you and to be for you and to take care of you and to provide for you. That's why you're alive out here. It's not about the manna. It's about the Word of God. Has God committed Himself to you? If so, then you're going to be okay. This is the way you live. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. It's in Him we exist. It's because He is with us and He is for us. If He is not for us, all the manna manna in the world makes no difference whatsoever. But if He is for us, then we can trust Him. He will meet our needs. This is what Jesus says to Satan. No, I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm not going to. I'm going to trust 
my Father. It is by His Word that I am alive. He will meet my needs. Second temptation. Second temptation. So that's the first one. Satan questions God's provision. Now the second temptation, Satan questions God's plan. Verses 5-8. through Luke 4, 5-8 through says, And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. So, so what the devil is doing is he's taking that same question, right? That same question, can God be trusted? And he's putting newer, prettier wrapping paper on it. And he's gonna, and he's gonna, he's gonna try to come at it from a different angle. He's going to try to appeal to a different side of Jesus. So we have a, we have a little bit different kind of a temptation, but it's that same core question. Can God be trusted? The devil simply wants Jesus to bow down to him. Now, of course, this would have been a wicked, treacherous thing for Jesus to do. This would have been Jesus switching allegiance, switching loyalty. He would have been switching teams, choosing to honor the devil instead of his father. And Satan said, if you do this, if you do this, I will give you all authority and all glory. Now, as we work our way through the book of Luke, we, we see that Satan actually couldn't have, he couldn't have delivered on that promise. Satan doesn't actually have the power, the ability uh, to, to give Jesus all authority and all glory in the kingdoms of the world. He, Satan doesn't have that kind of power. We'll, we'll see as we work our way through the book of Luke, Satan is severely hamstrung by Jesus. It's not a fair fight. Satan is over-promising here. But wisely, Jesus doesn't debate him on that. Jesus doesn't get into an argument about that. Jesus just, Jesus just goes right to the truth. Jesus isn't going to stop and, and have this like this nuanced, nitpicky argument with Satan about what he can and cannot deliver. Because Jesus is not interested for a moment in turning his back on God's plan. He's not interested for a moment in rejecting God's agenda. See, by now, Jesus understands that he is the Messiah. He is, he is um, great David's greater son. He is the one to come from the line of David. And Jesus knows from the book of Psalms that he is actually going to have all authority and all glory one day. One day he is going to have this. This stuff that the devil is promising him. Jesus knows that that's part of God's plan for him. Eventually. Eventually. Jesus also knows he is the, he is the son of man that the book of Daniel come, Daniel talks about is going to come. Jesus knows he is that son of man. He knows all authority is going to be given to the son of man. But he also knows the book of Isaiah. He knows that he is going to suffer first. 
He knows that it is God's plan for him to suffer for the sins of his people. He knows that God's plan is for him to to go through torture and betrayal, mockery, and death on a cross. He knows that God's plan calls for him to be the, the, the suffering, sinless sacrifice for our sins. He is to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus will not turn His back on God's plan. Jesus is going to trust God's plan. God's plan is the wise one. Jesus is not going to switch loyalty, switch allegiance. He's not going to get impatient with the, with the plan of God, even though it's going to be hard for Him. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be difficult for Him. Jesus is going to is going to stay loyal to God. He says to Satan, you honor God. You worship God. You serve God alone. This is what Scripture says. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor my Father. Satan tries to get Jesus to question God's plan. Jesus will not do it. Jesus will not question God's provision and He will not he will not question God's plan. And then how here's the third temptation. Third temptation, Satan questions God's protection. Third temptation, Satan questions God's protection. He has questioned God's provision. He has questioned God's plan. Now he's going to question God's protection. Verses 9-13. through 13. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So now the devil is going to, he's going to take that, he's going to take that basic question, can God be trusted? And he's going to put some scriptural wrapping paper on it, right? He, he went to the dollar store, found some, found some wrapping paper with Bible verses on it, and he decided he's going to try that. Alright? Jesus keeps, Jesus keeps responding with scripture, so, so Satan is going to try to turn the tables on him and say, well, here's some, here's some Bible verses you need to think about, Jesus. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Why don't you go up to the, the pinnacle of the temple, the very top of the temple, and then just fling yourself down. Throw yourself down. Because the Scripture says that God will catch you. He will watch over you. He will take care of you. Why don't we just make sure that God will do that? Because are we really sure God is protecting you out here in the wilderness in more than a month? Are, are you sure God's going to are you sure God's protecting you? This is a weird way to do it. Let's make sure. Let's make sure that God really cares for you. That God really loves you. That God can really be trusted. I know a great way to decide if God really is watching over you. You just go up to the temple and fling yourself down. Scripture, you're, you're, you love Scripture. Scripture says He'll catch you. Jesus says, I am not 
the Lord my God to the test. You don't do that. This isn't trust. This isn't faith. This is doubt. Me making God display some sort of supernatural, dramatic intervention in order to protect me. That's not, that's not me trusting in God. That's me doubting God. Imagine if every week I, I made my wife um, show that she loved me, prove that she loved me. She's got to go out of her way to show that she cares for me. If every week I just, I just said, you know what, I'm not sure that you love me. You have to do something special. You have to do something special to show that you... If, I, if all the time I was doing that, her just normal day-to-day love for me was not enough. What is that showing to her? It doesn't show that I believe she loves me. It, it shows that I don't, I don't trust her. I doubt her. We don't do that. We don't do that. We don't live that way. We don't live that way with each other and we don't live that way with God. For, trying to force Him to, to intervene in some supernatural, dramatic way in order to protect us. That's not faith. That's doubt. Jesus says, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. So now, we've seen the devil has taken that basic question. Can God be trusted? And he's repackaged it in really in three really creative ways. Three different temptations. And each time, Jesus has resisted the, de- the devil's temptation. Each time, Jesus has answered with the Word of God and said, yes, God can be trusted. Jesus answers Satan correctly three times in a row. So we've seen that. All right? So we've seen the first three temptations. Now we have to ask ourselves, what does this teach us? What does this teach us? How should we respond to this? How should we then live? Every time we read a passage of Scripture, we see what it teaches us about God, what it teaches us about, about Christ, what it teaches us about the Gospel, and then we, we say to ourselves, how should we then live? So that's what we're going to do now. There's, there's two answers to that. And then we'll be done, and then you can go back to shoveling snow. Two answers. How, how, based on this passage, how should we live? How should we respond? What, what is this story telling us to do? Number one, we must follow Jesus' example. We must follow Jesus' example. The book of Hebrews in Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Hebrews is telling us Jesus faced the exact same kind of temptations that we face. We, don't, we never face anything that, that, that He didn't face. He, he faces the exact same kind of temptations that we face. That, that same basic question just pummeling us from different angles and from different directions. Can God be trusted? And Jesus faced these temptations and swatted them down and resisted the devil 
and was victorious in the wilderness to show us how we must respond. We must follow Jesus' example. I, I too, just like you, we, we face times where we, where we feel our need very deeply. We feel a need for, for companionship, for emotional intimacy, for physical intimacy. Our bodies, our hearts, our souls crave intimacy. And as we well know, there's all kinds of legitimate ways to pursue emotional and physical intimacy within marriage. And then there's all kinds of illegitimate ways to pursue intimacy. When we, when we turn to lust, when we turn to dishonesty, when we turn to flirting with someone we're not married to, someone other than our spouse, when we, when we turn to sexual sin, what we're saying is God cannot be trusted. His path forward for us, His provision for us, His plan for us, His protection of us, not enough. We need more than what God can do for us. We, cannot, we, we don't have the patience to wait for, to, to, to do things God's way. To obey His moral laws. I don't have the patience for that. I can't. I can't. I need this other thing. I need this other person. I need this other outlet. When we fall to temptation, that's what we're saying. We're saying God cannot be trusted. We need money. We need money. We don't just need physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. We need, we need money. We need, to, we need to pay our bills. We are tempted to cheat, to skim off the top, to be greedy, to refuse to give, to refuse to be generous, to, to be a workaholic. We're tempted. And in those temptations, the question that's facing us is, can God be trusted? And in those moments, we must follow Jesus' example and say, yes, yes, I, I, I'm going to trust God to meet my needs. I'm not going to start cheating. I'm not going to start stealing. I'm not going to live in greed and worry. I'm not going to. I'm going to trust God, His provision, His plan, His protection. There are so many times when we feel threatened, when we feel discouraged, when we are worried, when we are afraid. We are, we are so tempted to respond in, by, by, by lying or by slandering other people or to live in jealousy or envy, to, 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 to live in bitterness, to indulge our, our bitter thoughts, our anger, our inner anger towards other people, to, to, to sit and stew in that. We're tempted to lash out in anger. We're tempted to be boastful or, or selfish. We are tempted to obsess in, in unhealthy ways about the events of our day, the events going on around us in our community or in our, or in our extended family or in our nation. We're, we're tempted to obsess about them, to, to live in like a despair. 
We're tempted to lose our family, or lose our temper with our with our family, with those close to us. We're tempted to lose our patience, lose our temper. Will we will we respond that way, or will we say no, 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 no? God can be trusted. I don't need to disobey Him. I don't need to work around His rules. I don't, need to, I don't need to reject the Word of God. I can, I can trust. I can patiently trust that He will provide. He will watch over me. He will protect me. That His way of life, the plan for me that He has outlined in His Word, it is enough. It is good. See, the, the worst part, the, wor- the worst part about my sin is, n- please listen, please listen. The worst part about my sin is not the damage that it does to my beautiful wife, to my wonderful children, to you, the church that I love. The worst part about my sin is not the damage that it does to other people, although that is bad. The worst part is that it's me declaring that God cannot be trusted. The worst part about my sin is that it's, it's cosmic treason. It's me saying God is not who He says He is. I know better than the God of the universe. That's the worst part about my sin. That at its core is what makes my sin, sin. Because it is dishonoring God. So so when we face that question, can God be trusted? No matter what way it's it's repackaged and made all pretty and and what what angle it comes at us and and what part of it, it appeals to us, Let's follow Jesus' example. We must follow Jesus' example. Now, that brings us to a very, very important question. And it brings us to the, to the second way we must respond to this story. Because what we know, if you're honest with me and I'm honest with you, here's what we know. We know that oftentimes we cannot follow Jesus' example. We want to, especially right now when we're thinking about it together. Of course we want to. We want to, we, we, we want to, we want to bat 100, we want to bat 1,000 this week. We want to, we want to be perfect. We want to go 100 for 100 this week. Every time we're tempted, we just kind of, just like Jesus, just swat it out of the air. No. And just quote scripture at it. And just boom. I killed it this week. That's what we want to do. That's who we want to be. We don't, we don't want to fall once. But here's the thing. We do. We fail. We have, we have a really sketchy record. We have a really spotty record. There's a lot of failings, a lot of falling in our past, a lot of, a lot of sin in our past. And by our past, I don't mean five years ago, I mean yesterday. And we're going to try this week 
but we're going to have some moments this week that we're not proud of. And then if we are proud of them, we have to, we have to repent of that too, right? What this passage is teaching us is not only that we must follow Jesus' example, but, but we must turn to Jesus for mercy. We must turn to Jesus for mercy. I read Hebrews 4.15 to you earlier. I'm going I'm to read the verses that, that are so, sort of surround that, that paragraph right now. Listen to this. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then... Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus didn't just come to be our example. He came to give us mercy. He came to give us mercy. He suited up for this fight with Satan. And, and think about it. Jesus didn't fight against Satan the way Adam did. Adam, Adam had the fullness of the garden. He had all the food he wanted. Adam wasn't alone and hungry. He had companionship. He could eat anything in that garden except for the one tree. Adam was set up for success. Jesus was out in the wilderness more than a month, hungry, being harassed by Satan. And yet he faced temptation without Sin. And he did this so that he can show us mercy. Uh, my daughter and I collect money, like, uh, like uh, coin, old, old coins from all over the world, um, and, and old like paper currency from, from all over the world. And uh, now my son Pete, he, he kind of is into it. He likes old stuff, and he kind of likes history, so we've been talking about it. We got it all out. And I have a, um, I have a, a uh, a fifty thousand mark bill from Germany in the nineteen twenties, like nineteen twenty two or something like that. Fifty thousand marks. And it's got a picture of Martin Luther on. It's really it's really cool. I just I really like it. And uh, and Pete said fifty thousand. How many how many dollars is that? What's that worth? Because he's you know we just got it like in a bag in our house. He's like, what's going on here? Are we rich? And uh, I said, well, no, it's 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 not really worth much of anything now. It's, I mean, it's worth something as a collector's item. And I don't, it's worth a little bit, but um, you know, it's not worth $50,000 or anything. Um, 50,000 mark bill. And, I, and then I told them, you know what, even, even when it was printed in the 1920s, it wasn't even worth much then. 50,000 sounds like a lot, but you can look at old pictures of Germany in, in between World War I and World War II, and you have people with, with wheelbarrows full of these 50,000 mark bills. Just wheelbarrows. So they, they, have, they have literally hundreds of thousands, millions of, of marks in the wheelbarrow, and they're going just to buy one loaf of bread. They, they need to pile up all the money they possibly can find in order just to go buy one loaf of bread. They, their economy was in shambles in between the two wars, which is you know uh, why a monster like Hitler rose to power the way he did. Because he promised all kinds of stuff for them. Their money was worthless. Makes me think of us. Makes me think of you and me. We just pile it up. 
we pile up all the currency we can come up with, all the good deeds we can possibly come up with. We pile them up, and we could have we could have fifty thousand wheelbarrows. We'd never be able to pay for our sin. Never. Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness we saw last week. He came so that He could be the perfect payment. The perfect, sinless payment. We could have had wheelbarrows full of our good deeds. We would have never got there. We would have never been accepted by God. We would have never been forgiven by God. We would have never been made right with God. We would have never been allowed into God's family. We would have never been allowed into heaven. We were doomed. Jesus came. Jesus came. He was the perfect, the perfect payment, sufficient payment for our sin. Jesus came to show us Mercy. And so, so I pray, I hope that you have believed that. That you believe that. That Jesus Christ, His death on the cross is all that you need for your sins to be paid for. All that you need to be forgiven by God. All that you need to be brought into God's family and to enjoy Him forever. Jesus is all that you need. I hope and pray that you have turned to Jesus' mercy. And, and like I say, all the time. If you haven't, reach out to us. Reach out to us. Contact us through our, through our church website. Contact us through our Facebook page. Reach out to us. We'll be glad to try to talk the, the, about the gospel with you. Try to answer any questions you might have. Please put your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone to save you from your sins. Please turn to the mercy of Jesus. And if you have, if you have, if that is your story, and let's get ready for this coming week. All right? Let's get ready for it. Because you are going to be you are going to be tempted and tested and tried. You are. It, it's going to come at you from different packages, different different kind of pretty paper, pretty ribbon. It's going to appeal to different parts of, of you, different sides of you. It's going to come out from different angles. It's going to come at you though. And it's going every time it's going to be that same question. Can God be trusted? And there are going to be times when you are, you are just ready to lash out in anger. You're, you're ready just to sit there and just, just dwell, indulge in, 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 in bitter thoughts. You're going to be so tempted to slander that person who has hurt you. You're going to be so tempted to, to indulge in pornography. You're, you're going to be so tempted. And in those moments, the question is, can God be trusted? Jesus has come so that you can, so that you can go to the One, go to the One who never failed and beg Him for grace to help in time of need. Turn to Jesus for his strength. He, he, in His mercy, loves to give us through His Word, through His Spirit, through His grace. He loves to give us strength to fight against temptation. Turn to Jesus. 
And then there will be moments where you kind of wake up like the prodigal son. You kind of wake up and you're like, oh man, I am, I am neck deep in sin. I just lied. I just boasted. I just, I just trashed that other person. I, I, I just looked at something I should not have looked at. I just said something I should not have said. I lost my patience. I lost my temper. I lost my cool. I, I dishonored God. I, I said to anybody paying attention that God can't be trusted. I blew it when that happens. And it will happen. I mean, I hope and I pray that it happens less and less and less as we know Jesus more and more and more. But when it happens, run to Jesus right away. Turn to Jesus' mercy right away. Say, Jesus, I am sorry. I am sorry. I should not have said that. I should not have done that. I am sorry. And then the second thing you say is thank you. Thank you for your mercy that never fails. Thank you for coming and being the perfect payment. Thank you for coming and being a wonderful example. And thank you for coming to, to, to purchase my forgiveness for all the times when I could not follow your example. Turn to Him for help time of need. And when you wake up and you realize, oh man, I didn't turn for help. I went my own way. Should have never done that. Turn to Him for forgiveness. It is there. It is there. Every single time there is mercy. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your wonderful, Your wonderful mercy to us through Jesus Christ. We thank You for Your amazing grace to us through Jesus Christ. We thank You for Your deep love to us through Jesus Christ. We thank You that, that there's nothing, nothing but the blood will atone for our sins. And Jesus gave it to us. He shed it for us. We thank You for the wonderful example that Jesus gave here in these verses. I pray, God, that You would give us the strength to follow His example. To cling tightly to the Word of God. Say, no, 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 no. The Word of God is true. I'm going to believe it. God can be trusted. I'm going to believe that. Help us, God. Thank You that we can draw near for mercy and grace in time of need. And then I pray, God, that, that if we do have moments this week where we're just like, oh man, I blew it. I'm so sorry. Help us, God, to have the courage to, to turn to You right away. Not to hide from You, but to turn to You right away. Turn to the mercy that we find in Jesus. I pray that we would find forgiveness there. And then, that, and then also we would find strength there to battle that temptation better next time. Help us, God. Thank You for Your Son. It's in His name we pray. Amen.